You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What is up, everybody? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas, where we've got daily articles up there uh, every single day of the week. And also, remember... That primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. Before we do any of that, though, let's get into the news. The Cowboys dodge a major bullet ahead of their game versus the Tampa Bay Bucks, And here is exactly what I am talking about. Dayron Bland is going to be in the lineup when the Cowboys take on the Tampa Bay Bucks next Monday night. Now... We didn't know that. Like, we were not sure about that. And, and low-key, I was gravely concerned about the whole thing. Because Bland is not a lockdown corner. Like, we, we know that. We know that he's able to make some plays. We know that he's been wildly impressive as a fifth-round rookie. But the Cowboys have no cornerbacks. Can you imagine what the secondary would have looked like if Dallas lost number 26? He had to exit the game against the Commanders with a chest injury. And then the reports were that Bland needed to get uh, an MRI and some information on Monday to know what his status was. But according to Michael Gelkin from Dallas Morning News, Darren Bland is fine. The Cowboys expect him to be back in the lineup without a problem. And that leaves one question, though, for number 26. He will have to play. He will be forced to play against perhaps one of the best slot wide receivers that there is in the NFL. And I know, I know some of you might be thinking, Mo, what are you doing? It is Tuesday. It is too early to start thinking about matchups and about a preview style of show. But I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I need to get into the conversation of facing the Tampa Bay Bucks. Either that or I need to get away from whatever the heck week 18 was against the commanders. I'm excuse me if I don't want to talk too much about that. Let's try to look forward a little bit here tonight and let's talk about a Cowboys play of football while we have it. Hopefully it lasts longer than a week. That's what we want. So my question from me to you is from one to 10, from one to 10, what is your confidence level on Dayron Bland? Phasing Chris Godwin. Let me know in the chat because I will tell you something. That is one of the premier matchups in this game. That is one of the matchups that could define the outcome of Cowboys Buccaneers in the wildcard round. Let me know in the chat while you do that. Uh, let me ask you to hit the like button, 
share the stream. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about primetime. But remember that every like puts this show in front of more Cowboys fans, and that really helps me. And it helps the show, and it helps us grow adzsports.com uh, slash Dallas. Gregory says, it is never too early, Mo. I like that. Uh, Bruce says, not too early. Burn the Washington tape. And I know that Mike McCarthy said that he isn't a burn the tape kind of guy. Let that be, you know, let that be the case for the coaches. I, I can forget about it. I can forget all about it. So from 1 to 10, what is your confidence level on Dayron Bland against Chris Godwin? Let's see what you have to say. <laughs> I had not realized that Toxic is now called Oracle Toxic in the YouTube chat. He says four. We are Mo. <laughs> Desmond says uh, two out of ten. Charlene goes with four. Bob goes with three. Tommy goes with six right here. Six to midnight says eight. He stepped up in every important game. He will be ready. Uh, Gregory goes with eight. Mandaluna goes with five. Uh, Georgia goes with nine. Nine for Swain. Jeff Clark goes with five. And Armando as well with five. I am tempted to ride the fence a little bit on this one and go with five as well. Go with the, you know, half answer. I will go with six just because I think that just because I think that Dayron Bland deserves our respect. He might get an interception and that might make it a somewhat positive performance. But make no mistake about it. Chris Godwin is probably Tom Brady's easy button on that offense. You might look at receiving yardage for the Tampa Bay Bucks, and you might walk away from that thinking, oh, Mike Evans leads the team in receiving yards because he does. He has over 1,100 receiving yards after the regular season. However, they have two 1,000 receivers, and that is crazy, first and foremost. Uh, Chris Godwin also has over 1,000 yards. And I say that that is crazy specifically because of the whole conversation that we have had about the Tampa Bay Bucs uh, being a bad team, uh, being a losing record team, blah, blah, blah. But they, they have a couple of good receivers. However, Chris Godwin has over 100 catches. And maybe the math doesn't add up in there. You know, uh, Mike Evans has 77 catches, and that is enough for him to be over 100 yards above than, than Chris Godwin in the stat sheet. However, and I saw somebody kind of criticizing Tom Brady for the fact that Tom Brady, that Chris Godwin has less than nine yards per catch. I'm not entirely sure if that is something that you can knock Chris Godwin or Tom Brady for. From what I have seen watching the Tampa Bay Bucks play, and I will admit, I haven't fully dove into the tape just yet, just little by little figuring out how the Tampa Bay Bucks play a little bit. Chris Godwin feels like that easy button for Tom Brady. He looks for him over the middle of the field consistently. We know that he plays in the slot, but I think that he's been kind of replacing that missing tight end that the Tampa Bay Bucks offense stopped having when uh, Rob Gronkowski walked away. Now, Gronk obviously was not the only successful tight end 
in Tampa, but that's the impression that I get from Chris Godwin. He feels to me like the guy that Tom Brady is looking for right off the snap uh, and really hitting that easy button over and over again. So make no mistake about it. Dayron Bland will be targeted on this one. And he is usually targeted, by the way. Uh, as I said, it's not what you want from a nickel cornerback in the sense that you don't want him to shut out a receiver. So that is okay. It is okay that cornerbacks uh, are looking Bland's way. The question will be, because let's be honest, Godwin will get him. Like, let's give some respect to the opponent. Godwin is good. And Tom Brady is obviously good. But if Bland is able to get his hands on the football once or twice, I mean, twice would be crazy. This might be a more even match than we expect it to be. Now, since Godwin works a lot over the middle of the field, fully expect Chris God, uh, excuse me, Deron Bland to have some help on this one. Uh, maybe some safeties, maybe some help from the linebackers as well. I don't think that the Cowboys will leave Godwin on an island in that sense. They might leave Mike Evans and Trayvon Dix on an island. And that's also not ideal because Mike Evans can run. He can, he can beat you vertically. But Trayvon Dix might have earned your trust to do that, to approach this game from a point of view in which you say, you know what? We're not going to let Godwin beat us. Let's, let's trust one of our best defensive players in Trayvon Diggs and let's let him leave on, a, on an island. Really intrigued as to how Dan Quinn approaches this game and the defensive backfield. More on that later because we will also talk about the other cornerback role that we have not figured out just yet. And we will talk about maybe a long shot, but maybe the right answer for the Cowboys' problem at cornerback. So stay tuned for that. But before we move into it, uh, let me see some of your comments here on the show. Shout out to Sugar Daddy. Thank you for being here. Six to Midnight says, uh, we need Hankins back. The middle of Tampa's line is soft serve ice cream. If we attack the middle of the old line, we win this game. Definitely want to see Jonathan Hankins back on this one. Shout out to Mr. Tony Montana, who says, speak English. Shout out to Tony, man. Love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> YouTube brother says, uh, six to midnight. Lumen says, just admit it. Just admit it. Your secondary stinks. <laughs> the secondary right now is a problematic for sure. It, it is a problem. Let's see what we have here. Mm, Tom Brady is like having a coach, Cesar Armando, playing quarterback on the field. You have to mix up the defense and blitz him at times, says uh, Armando. Man, it's going to be interesting to face Tom Brady because there's something that we do know about, about Tom. Uh, number one, he is playing good football. He is playing good football. Let's not... Let's not uh, get it twisted. The Bucs have been struggling. Tom Brady has not been the reason why. But what I think the Bucs do not have, that Jalen Hurts had, that Trevor Lawrence had, that even, like, even in a weird sort of way, the Houston Texans had as well, Brady is going to have to drop back, like traditionally speaking. And that might... 
that might be a positive for your style of defense, for the Cowboys' style of defense. I was thinking about that earlier tonight, and I do think that Dallas uh, might benefit from the Bucs' traditional passing game. I think that when the when opposing teams have neutralized the Cowboys' pass rush, it has had a lot to do with moving the pocket with these side-to-side uh, -side throws with the quarterback in motion, rollouts, fake end rounds, all of that that we saw, for example, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not sure how much of that Tom Brady can do, even though he can kill you from the pocket. This, this might be more of a story of can you get to him soon enough to limit those explosive passes because he can still chuck that football downfield. Jeff says Tampa cannot run the ball. That that makes two of us, <laughs> right? Uh, given how the Cowboys have run the football lately. Hopefully the Cowboys approach this from a more aggressive mentality on offense. I would like to see that. Cam says definitely missing Terence Steele. I agree. I agree. The Terence Steele injury kind of ruined the whole thing. And it wasn't supposed to ruin the whole thing. So it sucks. Uh, Oracle Toxic says, Mo, save this. If Dallas makes the conference championship game, I'll make a $100 super chat eating crow. There you go, Oracle Toxic. You have committed yourself, sir. If the Cowboys make the conference championship game, Lumen is super chatting ADC Sports Dallas primetime, $100. <laughs> Holly says, no rollouts, no bootlegs, no screens, no draws. What the hell were we doing yesterday, says Holly. I agree. I agree. It was an ugly performance against the commanders. It was a static offense. They didn't show a lot of motion. They didn't hit the easy buttons with CD Lamp. So, kind of a thing in which you know that Kellen Moore can do it because he has done it this season, the things that I just listed. But then they didn't show any of that against the Commanders. And I don't fully buy into the idea that they were approaching it with a vanilla game plan and all of that because your starters were in in the fourth quarter. They were trying to win that football game. All right, moving on a little bit here on the show. We talked about De'Ron Bland, but there's another and a bigger concern, actually, at cornerback that we should talk about. We don't know who's starting outside, opposite of Trayvon Diggs. This is a game in which you definitely could see Trayvon Diggs traveling with Mike Evans. I know that uh, Trayvon Diggs doesn't always travel, but given your secondary situation. I just don't want to see Mike Evans on Nashawn Wright or on uh, Trayvon Mullen. I don't want to see that at all. My question from me to you is, who do you think starts at cornerback opposite of Trayvon Diggs on Monday night? Do you think it's maybe Nashawn Wright? Do you think it's maybe Trayvon Mullen? Do you think it's Xavier Rhodes? Let me know in the chat who do you think starts at cornerback next week? While you give me your answers, 
And before I give you mine, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the ride of the week is the 2023 Mazda CX-9 Carbon Edition All-Wheel Drive. This one starts at $46,105. It's got all-wheel drive. It's got third-row sitting, Wi-Fi hotspot, which is a game-changing feature, a sunroof, side-impact airbags, and a miles per gallon capacity of 20 when you are in the city. That goes up to 26 when you are in the highway. Ladies and gentlemen, check out the 2023 Mazda CX-9 Carbon Edition all-wheel drive. Remember that when you choose Freeman Mazda, you are choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer, a family-owned business for over 65 years. Once more, that is FreemanMazda.net. Who starts at outside corner? I've been thinking about this a lot as well. I even had a show tonight, uh, today, earlier today, in Spanish that I post on the ADZ Sports Dallas podcast feed. In case some of you is interested in a Spanish show, you can get it right there. El Pot de Cowboys is the name. And somebody asked me that. I do a mailbag segment and somebody asked, Mo, who's getting the start at outside corner? During the show, I answered what many of you are answering right now. Nashon Wright, as Cam said, uh, Wright says uh, Bruce as well. Oracle Toxic says Gut says Wright. Nashon Wright for Cam as well. Let's see who else we have here. Armando says Nashon Wright. Dwayne says uh, Saber Rhodes. Bland says Sugar Daddy. I don't think that I don't think that you want to move Bland from a position right now. I think that you want him at nickel. We just talked about the why even, Chris Godwin. I'm more interested in stopping Chris Godwin than probably anybody else on that offense. Probably even more so than Mike Evans. Mike God also said, Nishan Wright. And during the podcast that I mentioned in Spanish for ADC Sports Dallas, the, the podcast feed... I said Nishan right on the show. But then I, I kept thinking about it, kept thinking about it. And you look at the options and you don't feel great about the options, to be honest. Like the Cowboys have on the active roster, Bland, Diggs, CJ Goodwin, who doesn't really count because he's a specialist. Kelvin Joseph, who doesn't really count because, well, you know why. Trayvon Mullen, boy, oh boy, that was rough. And Nishan Wright, boy, oh boy. That has also been kind of rough. And then the practice squad features two other players, Kendall Sheffield and Xavier Rhodes. You look at the timing of these signings, and you can see the Cowboys are just, you know, tossing darts. They're trying to find a guy that can play corner. And maybe before we saw Trayvon Mullen play, on the field against the Commanders. Maybe the Cowboys had already seen him in practice. And maybe they weren't too impressed. Which is maybe why they also signed Saber Rhodes. As soon as he became available. When the Buffalo Bills waived Saber Rhodes. It might be Saber, ladies and gentlemen. Like, it might just be 
Xavier Rhodes. He has not been with the team, and that's difficult to make such a drastic change in your first game of the playoffs. Like, it would be kind of crazy to say, oh, yeah, let's play the guy that has been in the system for very, very little time. But also, you guys saw, right, you guys saw Trayvon Mullen. I wouldn't hate the idea of starting uh, Sabre Rhodes, who is a former first-round pick, who is, and I don't say that necessarily as a compliment, but he was a first-team All-Pro at one point. He was one of the league leaders in interceptions. I think that in that particular season, he led the the league in interceptions. The Vikings, when the Bale signed Sabre Rhodes, Vikings websites, you know, articles, websites and stuff, they were complaining about, you know, not having Sabre Rhodes on the team. And then the Buffalo Bills really added him as depth. So I wouldn't make too much out of the Bills waving Sabre Rhodes because I've covered the Bills pretty closely this season. And honestly, what happened there was they added Sabre Rhodes as depth when they needed some depth because of injuries. And then the Mar Hamlin got injured. By the way, he's in Buffalo now, discharged from Cincinnati's hospital. Great news. The Mar Hamlin goes down and they needed to add a safety. So they waived Sabre Rhodes. They needed safety depth. And, and Rhodes became available. So it's not like Xavier Rhodes is this veteran that nobody wants uh, on their roster. Xavier might be the secret answer to this whole thing. And he might not be great. You don't need him to be great. You need him to be better than Trayvon Mullen and Nishan Wright. I know that might not be asking for a lot, but that's the situation that you are in because two of your starting three cornerbacks got injured. That's the reality of the situation. I don't even criticize the Cowboys for not having better depth. <laughs> it's honestly been one of the unluckiest position groups for Dallas this season. I would complain about maybe offensive line and wide receiver because we knew the situation going into the year. But I felt good about the depth at corner when the season started, but you know, you lost Jordan Lewis, you lost uh, Anthony Brown, something was bound to happen uh, in a bad way. And that's the situation the Cowboys are in. So I can see, I can see Saber Rhodes being the guy that the Cowboys choose for the assignment. Dwayne Brown says Saber Rhodes matched up with Mike Evans in the past when the Vikings played Tampa. Not only that, like Rhodes, Rhodes was the kind of guy that that uh, leaped up to the hype against top receivers. And it it is clear that he's far, far, far past his prime. He's like uh, 32 years old now. Like, this isn't a, a contest to see who is the youngest. This is a contest to see who's the better option for the wildcard round. So... I think I think it might be Saber Rhodes, honestly. Oracle Toxic says, Mo, I am honestly more concerned with the pass rush than the back four. I am not. I am 100% not. I understand why the Cowboys have not gotten the sacks, all of that. I am 100% more concerned about not having an outside corner against uh, Tom Brady. 100%. 
Smoke says, uh, we rotate too much on defense and offense and still wonder why we don't replace Barr on passing downs. Uh, they pick on him game after game. Six to midnight with a valid question. He says, can Rhodes give us four games? Hey, let's get to, let's get, let's get past this game. Let's need Saber Rhodes for another game before we worry about uh, whether or not he will last for four games though, right? Like all kidding aside, that would be my mentality as a team. I wouldn't be thinking about can Saber Rhodes give us four games? I would be thinking about can Saber Rhodes get me to a second game? Sean uh, says, more concerned about our defense offensive line. Excuse me. That's fair. I think, and, and we listed this uh, last night here on ADZ Sports Dallas primetime. To me, the top two concerns are those two, like the offensive line and the outside cornerback position opposite of Trevon Diggs. Let's see, says... Uh, Boss Hog says, just joined. What bullet did we dodge? Uh, for those of you who are just joining the show and wondering about the title of the video, Deron Bland is playing on Monday Night Football, even though he had to exit the game with a chest injury and had to be evaluated on Monday. Uh, so good news there for the Cowboys, because if we're this concerned about not having an outside corner who can play against Tom Brady, Imagine ha not having the wrong blend for this one. Yeah, TCU is getting destroyed. <laughs> are we getting Biadish back? Uh, so six to midnight. How about LVE? Both are expected to be back. Hopefully that is true. Hopefully the Cowboys are not being hopeful. Hopefully, man, Dallas gets Tyler Biadish back because Dallas needs him so bad. That is one of the and and Brian Baldinger, by the way, had a great breakdown of one of the plays in which the Cowboys struggled against the Commanders. But it shouldn't be an excuse, and it isn't an excuse. I don't want to frame it as such. But last, you know, Sunday yesterday was one of the two worst offensive performances by the Cowboys all season long. I would say Week 18 and Week One are the top two games at that, uh, at that category for Dallas. Here's what I would say. Only one, only one of the Cowboys starting five up front versus the Commanders was playing at the spot that he was originally supposed to be playing at. And that would be you could say like Tyron Smith at right tackle. That would be like the, the guy. Uh, no, excuse me, Zach Martin at right guard. And then with the original configuration that you might see when Tyler Viadish comes back, then you get Tyron Smith and as the only player that is not where he is supposed to be. That's what I, why I mix those two up. I'm sorry. Because on Sunday, Tyler Smith was playing at left guard when he's supposed to be the left tackle. Connor McGovern was playing at center when he's supposed to be the left guard. You had uh, Jason Peters at left tackle when he's supposed to be your backup. And Tyron Smith playing at right tackle. We already know what the problem is with that. He's still adjusting to that side of things. 
So it is just common sense. And I'm not saying that this will fix everything and that the Cowboys offense will have no hiccups versus Tampa Bay because of this. But if Tyler Biotish is able to come back, then you go from having four offensive linemen out of position to just one, being Tyron Smith over on the right side. The rest of your starting offensive line is pretty much intact. Now, the struggles had begun before Biotish's injury, like Dallas was already struggling since weeks before that. But that surely took things to a whole other level. And you see some of these plays, and it definitely has to do with timing and pass protection and just the Cowboys' offense being out of funk. That's one of the highest or the biggest reasons why I am hopeful that the Cowboys can beat the Tampa Bay Bucks next Monday. And this is not a prediction yet. By the way, we will go behind enemy lines later this week. We will have ADZ Sports Managing Editor Evan Winter. You remember him from week one on the show, talking some uh, Tampa Bay Bucks with us. And as we try to figure out some of these matchups from the point of view of Tampa Bay, that I can assure you, they're not happy with their team either <laughs> right now. So it should be an interesting show, kind of figuring out what are their concerns, what are their, you know, the reasons why they feel confident maybe that we have not thought about. Hopefully that is a good talk with uh, Evan later this week. So tune in on Wednesday night for sure. Now, speaking of the offensive line, <laughs> let me try to find this quote from Mike McCarthy on today's press conference. He was asked about Tyron Smith's struggles. And he had an interesting analogy. I don't want to, I mean, I, I'm going to read it, I guess. I'm going to read it as, as is. This is via, uh, you know, Michael Gelkin's tweet, but Mike McCarthy said it on today's press conference, which you can check out on the team's official YouTube page. But Mike McCarthy was asked on Tyrants, run blocking specifically, which we know the Cowboys have struggled in, after switching positions. This is what Mike McCarthy answered with. He said, I don't want to be crude here. <laughs> I'm going to say it as is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It is kind of a bulgar quote. <laughs> I'm just re repeating what Mike McCarthy said. I don't want to be crude here. It's like wiping your ass with your right hand and then you got to switch to your left. It's a pain in the ass. It takes time. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. It does take time. And when we say... And when we say that it takes time, Mike McCarthy is not talking about a couple of weeks. He might not even be talking about five to six weeks. Tyron Smith is going to keep struggling at right tackle. That has led to some people wanting to change the offensive lineup once more. And this is perhaps the perfect entry into the final segment of the show in which we go with Overreaction Monday. And we will start things off with the Cowboy side of things. For those of you who are new to the show, 
the segment is I give you a statement and you let me know in the chat, is it an overreaction or is it a fair reaction? The first question up is the Cowboys should recon reconfigure their offensive line again. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? Let me know in the chat. What's happening on the TCU game? Let me check really quickly. While you give me your answers. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Not pretty. Not, not pretty. Let's see here. Should have done that yesterday, says Truger. It's too late now. Brian Thompson goes with overreaction. Tyler, Tyron, Tyler, Tyler, Martin, and Peters, says Tommy915. Can't be worse. Tommy, what have I said about can't be worse? <laughs> When you say that, It usually can be, and it usually is. Uh, AJ Jones' overreaction. Tommy915 goes with fair. Darcy goes with overreaction. Oracle Toxics is fair, but not a lot of options. Lumen, over, over, says Stephen White. Uh, Gregory goes with fair. Overreaction for six to midnight. So, some controversy on this one, on the chat, both on YouTube and Facebook. I will go with overreaction, ladies and gentlemen. Right now, here's what I would favor. Continuity. I don't know if... I don't know if Peters at right tackle and Tyron Tyler on the left side can be worse or not. But right now... I would bet on continuity because that is one of the things that you want late in the season. 100%. Now we will take a look around the NFL with overreaction Monday. Let me know what you, what you guys have to say about the following. Aaron Rodgers will retire. Overreaction or fair reaction. Williams from the Lions asked him for his jersey post-game, and he said, nope, I am holding on to this one. Aaron Rodgers, who will be watching the playoffs from home, do you think he would retire or not? Uh, overreaction or free reaction? Let me know in the chat what you have to say about that one before we get out of here. Uh, Charlie Evans goes with overreaction. Smoke says over, over, over. Six to midnight says overreaction. Fair for Darcy. Ines says fair. Bruce says, I sure hope so. Hopefully, says Antino. Holly goes with overreaction. Lumen says, ah, uh, fair. Oracle Toxic says, that is a tough call. Jason Chavez says, overreaction. Brian says, uh, over. Manda goes with overreaction. I'm going to go with... <sighs> I'm going to go with over. Like, I just, I cannot see him walking away right now. But here's what I would say. He's not moving. To me, like, uh, looking at this from the outside, looks to me like the Packers have no reason to let Aaron Rodgers go. And Aaron Rodgers might not have a lot of reasons to leave Green Bay either. Where is he going to go? I've seen some people suggest the Raiders for a reunion with Devante Adams. Do you think that is a better scenario for Aaron Rodgers? Because I sure don't. 
I would much rather have Matt LaFleur coaching me and my offense. I'm going to go with overreaction, but he he is definitely a potential retiree. <laughs> okay, one more, ladies and gentlemen. We actually have two more. Okay, we can get through these quickly. The Bears are on the clock. Are they drafting a quarterback? The Bears are on the clock, and they will pick a quarterback. Is that an overreaction, or is that a fair reaction? They've got Justin Fields, and Justin Fields is good. But C.J. Stroud will be available. Bryce Jong will be available. Do the Bears pull the trigger on a brand new QB? Ladies and gentlemen, let me know in the chat. Smoke says no reaction. <laughs> Smart move is a trade, says Jeff. Brian says traded. Bruce goes with over. Holly over. Darcy over. Eldina goes with over. Lumen, Charlene, Ines, all going with over. Sugar says the Bears draft down. Over. Toxic says fair. The staff didn't draft fields. Those always matter, by the way. Gonna go with overreaction though. I think you trade that asset. It's going to be a costly, costly asset, and you can trade it for a lot. So I'm gonna go with uh, overreaction on that one. And then last but not least, Sean McVay is gone. Overreaction or fair reaction? This is the last one, and we'll get out of here. Sean McVay is gone. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? Let me know in the chat. Crazy to think that he is reportedly considering retirement. Hopefully he doesn't retire. As an NFL fan, I will say I will tell you that. You know why? Because if Sean McVay retires, then we probably know for a fact that Aaron Donald will, will also retire. And I don't I don't want Aaron Donald to retire. I want to watch him play. For a few more seasons. I would like that. Sugar says, nope, not yet. Lumen says, fair. He might come to us. Fair says, Holly. Over for Gregory. Fair for Peter. This is a more divided one. Jeff goes with over. Charlene goes with fair. Fair, he has gone to Malibu. Says the real Darrell. Over for Toxic. Eltina goes with over. I'm going to say fair on this one. I'm going to say fair. Listen. He might retire for a while, might spend some time with the family, and maybe he makes a comeback later in his life. But when you when, when you hear him talk about his future, like even before this year and all of that, McVeigh does sound like a guy that isn't in love with the idea of being in the grind of being a head coach for a long, long time. He already has a Super Bowl. Like, he already knows. He already has that ring. And it's crazy. Like, Tommy says, isn't Mike McVeigh like 12? And it's crazy because we are used to thinking of players and coaches being obsessed with football and being willing to sacrifice growing up with their kids, essentially, just to coach the game. Is it really that crazy to think 
that somebody that's uh, McVeigh's age maybe doesn't want that. That maybe he has the audacity to want to grow up, like to see his kids grow up up close. I think I think it's a fair reaction because of that. Like uh, just based on what McVeigh has said himself, can also see him not retiring, of course. Oracle Toxic says, uh, Mo, how much does he want to come to Dallas? Shut up and take my money. <laughs> Man, can you imagine that? I would like Sean McVay in Dallas, of course. I've been having a lot of fun reading that uh, complete offensive manual to the LA Rams that I showed you the other day. Daryl Darrell says he can go talk football on ESPN and make a truckload of money. And if he really is that passionate about coaching, come back later when maybe uh, your kids are going to high school or college or whatever. I would respect the heck out of that. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I will see you tomorrow night. It is Esports Dallas primetime, 8 p.m. Central. Do me a favor, though, before you leave. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the like button. It takes like one second to do. And it is the single biggest thing you can do to help out the show. So do me a favor and hit the thumbs up. And I will see you tomorrow night. Here at ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. Payo says, fire Moore and bring McVay as offensive coordinator. Payo, come on. That's, that's not happening. <laughs> He's, he's not going to be an offensive coordinator. McVay is never going to do that. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow. Nos vemos mañana. Tengan un excelente lunes. Even if it's not as great as George's Monday, have a good one. Nos vemos. Adios. Bye-bye.